Welcome to the Quipster Film Review Podcast. My name is Vince Leo. I am the author of the film review website, Quipster.net. I invite you to check out my website for all of the reviews over the last 20 years of films, including classic films, foreign releases, and movies that went straight to VOD. And you can read them at Quipster.net, Q-W-I-P-S-T-E-R.net. It's kind of a bad time for Gerard Butler. We've had a one-two punch of not-so-stellar movies here. I'm going to be reviewing London Has Fallen today. and At the very least, at least it's somewhat better than his previous film, Gods of Egypt. It's an R-rated film, action thriller. It has strong violence and language throughout. It runs an hour and 39 minutes. Gerard Butler is the star, and it contains supporting roles for Aaron Eckhart, Morgan Freeman, Alain Abubu, Rada Mitchell, Angela Bassett, Charlotte Riley, Jackie Earl Haley, Robert Forster, and Melissa Leo. The director is Babak Najafi, uh, who is an Iranian-born director who actually grew up in Sweden, and this is his first English-language film. The screenplay is credited to Creighton Rothenberger, Katrin Benedict, Christian Gudegast, and Chad St. John. London Has Fallen, for those of you who don't know, is actually a follow-up to Olympus Has Fallen. That was a film that was only a modest hit in 2013. It took in less than $100 million in North America. And yet, uh, despite its R rating, that film, which was directed by Antoine Fuqua, bested another President Under Siege film at the box office that came out that same year, the PG-13 rated Roland Emmerich actioner White House Down, which actually had bigger and more bankable stars. And yet Olympus Has Fallen beat that one and did it with less than half of the budget, even though White House Down did better overseas. Now, I'm curious as to why the makers of this sequel thought that the marginally entertaining original would have enough of a fan base who were clamoring for more of the same and that it would deserve a reported $105 million, which actually exceeds the amount of money it raked in gross in North America. But I guess that's why I'm not in the movie business, because to me, the numbers don't add up, and yet they continue to fund these kinds of movies. The story begins in Pakistan, and we witness an American drone strike on the abode of a terrorist supplying arms dealer named Amir Barkawi. The drone strike hits a wedding that appears to be taking place there, and it kills virtually everybody there. Uh, two years later, the unfortunate death of the British Prime Minister has many world leaders converging on London to attend his funeral, and that's where the enemies of the Western world, led by Barkawi, who somehow managed to not die in the drone strike for reasons that aren't really explained to me. So Barkawi leads this strike back against the Western forces that took out his daughter and, and all of the other att- attendants at that wedding and begins this elaborate plot to assassinate all of the heads of state, all of these foreign dignitaries, and to blow up all of London's most prominent landmarks with many of the terrorists out and about in the guise as local police and palace guards and the Queen's Guard, and that makes it difficult for the military to separate friend from foe. However, despite all of this, President of the United States, Benjamin Asher, once again played by Aaron Earhart in this film, he's still alive, and that's thanks to the continued heroic efforts of his Secret Service super agent, Mike Banning, played by Gerard Butler. Banning has to work twice as hard as ever before to make sure that the terrorists don't succeed in their plan on kidnapping President Asher and then executing him live on world television to shake the world at large. Now, as some critics derided Olympus has fallen 
in its original release for for its wanton flag waving, they'll probably want to excoriate. London has fallen for not only doing it yet again, but also because it plays as if it were an infomercial to sell us in the viewing audience on the war on terror as something that we should make our number one concern. To do this, the makers of London has fallen throw all logic to the wind in order to fabricate the world's worst case scenario in which all of these world leaders and one of the world's largest city would come under attack and then expect us to believe that terrorist cells could somehow sneak into every single level of government from the police force to the military to the war rooms without detection and then hatch a perfectly executed elaborate plan without a single hitch knowing the precise locations of when and where each head of state would be at certain times, and then all of them are at separate landmarks for reasons unknown, and obviously to have them blow up real good for our pleasure. And then it expects us to believe that the U.S. president's bodyguard could take down such a formidable force that had such foresight nearly single-handedly. London has fallen plays like a mix of a lot of those preposterous 1990s action thrillers that came out in the day, whether it was Air Force One or Con Air or all of those Jerry Bruckheimer films, it also has a very modern-day aesthetic, this kind of over-the-top action video game look to it. Some portions do seem like they're inspired by the look and feel of Call of Duty that sometimes you, if you're watching Gerard Butler in full action mode, this looks like it could pass as a sequel in spirit to another Gerard Butler view called Gamer. In that film, he played a character that was actually in a video game. As for Butler, he appears to be taking his role rather nonchalantly, given that not only his life is supposed to be in mortal jeopardy throughout, but also the world itself is on the brink of utter chaos should the terrorists succeed in their nefarious plans to rattle the world's foundations to its core by killing all of the leaders of the world. Just as Bruce Willis would in the Die Hard series, Butler's Mike Banning finds plenty of time for quips and self-amusement particularly in figuring out ways to employ a whole host of cool ways to kill off these nameless and faceless terrorists who always manage to be anticipating Banning and Asher during every step of their escape route. Now, you know you're watching a bad movie here. I'm just going to take a little moment here to to let you know that you know you're watching a bad movie when all of those uh, supposedly Islamic extremists talk completely to each other in English, even when they're in their native countries. Now, whether by air or by street or by subway, every possible location is teeming with these English-speaking bad guys who also always have the right weapons and the right vehicles for each particular situation, as if they knew all along exactly their escape route and what kind of vehicles or artillery that Banning and company were going to bring along with them. Now, despite being a pretty risky financial proposition given the lukewarm feelings among the movie-going populace for the first film, the makers of London Has Fallen have chosen to retain its R-rated status. I suppose it's respectable to find that it's not just another blatant cash grab, but really most of the pleasures of these films for action fans come from the harder R-rated nature of them with a lot of death and destruction. There's plenty of stabbings and impalings and a lot of headshots galore. Now, while I do personally enjoy my share of, of films that have adult levels of violence, I tend to shy away from bestowing praise upon movies if the levels of violence aren't really earned. And unfortunately, London Has Fallen is 
all too gleeful in its bloody kill shots, perhaps thinking that our rah-rah rooting on of the Western world, and specifically Americans, against the agents of terror should be enough for us to delight in seeing as many of these bad guys, these terrorists, get dispatched point-blank while their CGI blood is left dripping on the walls behind the spot where their lifeless bodies have dropped to the floor. Now, speaking of CGI... The use of it in this film is, in a word, shoddy, especially for such a wide-release Hollywood film. And I think that those cheap-looking special effects further solidify the notion that this movie really should have just been made for the PS4 or Xbox One because it just it has that video game aesthetic throughout. That It plays out like a video game, and it looks like a video game uh, and not a real big-budget movie. The cheapness of the look of the film is further compounded by the fact that most of the non-aerial action is actually shot in Bulgaria instead of in London, so the film is shot to be dark most of the time as Asher and Banning are mounting their escape through the so-called London streets that are surprisingly empty of most civilians through most of it. It feels curiously weird uh, to see virtually nobody in the streets after a certain point. The indoor action fares little better. There's frequent callbacks to the war room in Washington, D.C., and we see a bunch of talking heads guide us through the laughable plot jumps, including like one scene that had me laughing uh, and shaking my head uh, where the vice president, who's played by Morgan Freeman, instantly notices that Bannon is throwing up some sort of signs to them because there's this unseen drone that we're told follows the president wherever he goes. And so by knowing that Bannon is using his right hand when he's really a lefty, it's really a signal that they're supposed to know back home that he's going to go to MI6 and I kind of guess jack a car or something. I don't know. If you can make sense of it, please write to me because I I was completely mystified by all of this and how all of these people were able to deduce all of these plot threads that make seemingly no sense at all, at least not to me. Now, despite four credited screenwriters who took a crack at the script, and two of the screenwriters were the screenwriters for the first film, too, which kind of says to me that they probably pilfered another screenplay that was meant for another action movie and just basically played Mad Libs and put all of the characters that were meant for that film and changed them to the ones from Olympus Has Fallen. You know, London Has Fallen is an utterly absurd film. It's chock full of action movie cliches that will likely only please those who prefer to check their brains at the door before walking into their two-hour America F yeah explodathons at the movie theater. Now, I'm all for a popcorn flick. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to be a movie snob here, but this one's scraping so low in the bucket that all we're offered to savor are the dregs of lukewarm oil to be sucked off of half-popped kernels. Early on in the movie, Mike Banning claims to be made up of bourbon and poor choices, a quote that you can hear in the trailer, but I think that, you know, there's no poor choices if you're going to choose bourbon, because it might make for actually a wise choice if, in order to be able to counteract the poor choice to take in London Has Fallen with any intention other than to laugh at its brazen headfirst dive into cinematic silliness. So this is a really dumb film. If you like your action really dumb, if you don't mind a dumb actioner, you might get a kick out of it, despite the fact that it's a really stupid movie. Two stars out of four goes to London Has Fallen. And I'm sure that after this film, as well as Gods of Egypt, that the Gerard Butler stock at the box office has also fallen. And, and that's unfortunate, because I like him as an actor. I wish he would make some better choices here, because those two might actually be vying for a Razzie Award at the end of the year. Thanks, everyone, for listening. I hope that you enjoy the review. If you do, 
I encourage you to click the subscribe button. And, and also, if you've been listening for a while and you want to know how you can support the show, I encourage you to leave a review on iTunes. So until next time, I hope that you enjoy your time anytime you go to the movies. And if you do end up going to see London Has Fallen, just remember, bourbon is not a poor choice. 